Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. So, Steve, welcome to the show. And just as we're getting started, I have to explain why I'm so excited to have you specifically on the show. So we've had the opportunity to work together for over 10 years. I was thinking about it just this morning going, wow, it's been that long. And we've also had the chance to work on big account strategies together, looking at how do we transform sales organizations. So we've really gotten a chance to get into the weeds of a lot of work over the last 10 years. And so it just seemed like I know that we've already had this conversation about what those best bosses look like and, you know, how do we bring some of that spirit to the work world? So it just seemed like you'd be the perfect guest for this show. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Christine. And and yeah, we've, we've been working together for a long time. So, uh, Appreciate that and really looking forward to doing this and having this conversation. So I'm just going to dive in because, you know, I don't waste any time. So I can't wait to hear. Tell me about your best boss ever. Sure. Best boss ever was uh, was back, you know, I'm going to say well over well over 10 years ago when I worked with a food equipment manufacturer. This person just really did a phenomenal job and kind of shaping the future of my career path. And he did it in many different ways. But I would say the uh, the biggest thing for me was his ability to listen and engage. And those things for me were, were really powerful because he would be able to listen to a situation that I had encountered, which at the time I felt was, was catastrophic, if you will, and, and really just getting emotional into the moment. And uh, he was just so phenomenal at boiling things down, calming it down, distilling what the issues were, and uh, trying to work with me to find a solution. And and that was incredibly powerful. He did it with, with me, but he also did it with the other folks uh, that reported directly into him. And I think that really helped to shape the future, from my perspective, it really opened my eyes as to what what being a real leader is. And uh, I've never forgotten it because, you know, I've also experienced the other side where where you have a boss that doesn't listen so well. I definitely draw on the positives from my best boss ever. That's excellent. And so when you talk about, I mean, I think that's such a good example where you're talking about, you know, you're getting emotional, you're getting fired up. And One thing I know in my own experience, I got, you know, especially earlier in my career, very emotional, very fired up about different topics and different issues, which is really just a a sign of high employee engagement. (laughs) But with the wrong boss, that can be, you know, they deflate that, right? They almost crush your employee engagement because you care so much. But this one sounds like he was able to do quite the opposite. Like he was still able to leverage that engagement, but just redirect the energy. Yes, uh, very much so. And I think, you know, the, the one thing that he made me aware of, and I'm it's, it's self-awareness, having emotional intelligence 
to to kind of look at a situation holistically versus just in that particular moment. And and, and the, the the biggest thing for me is if you hit the challenge or hit a wall, it doesn't mean that you stop there. You you just got to find a way around or over the wall to to get to that end game. I I think. The, those are the uh, the positive draws. On the other side, uh, you're right. If you don't have your best boss ever and you're confronted with situations, gosh, you, you hate to uh, to feel badly about making a mistake because uh, at the end of the day, I think making a mistake is is an opportunity to learn and, and draw from that. It, it's experience. And we right. all have experience, and uh, which means we've we've all experienced failure. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about, give me just the nature of what that conversation looks like when your best boss ever is talking to you and you're really riled up about an issue. Just give me a little bit more detail. What does that conversation really look like? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I can think of, of, of a very good example where we, we had an account where it just, I mean, it meant a lot to us from a revenue perspective. Things were not going well. And it wasn't a result of, of our engagement, but as a result of s- some failures in terms of the, the equipment that we were providing sure. this particular customer with. And I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, that that's really, uh, if you're leading sales and, and you, you're faced with this consequence of, of you know, your, your biggest account threatening to leave, uh, I, I was hot. And it was, it was very simple. I mean, he... He just stayed so calm and said, okay, let's whiteboard this situation. And he mm. just, he, he took this very calm approach and current situation and drew out the path to the best possible outcome. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So whiteboard, I'm making a note here because I yeah. love a whiteboard. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> It's my friend. It's my it is, friend. I know. <laughs> I've had quite many jokes about um, my obsessions with whiteboards, but no. But that's brilliant. So he stayed very calm while you mm-hmm. were extremely riled up and upset about the potential of losing this account. Sure. And then he, it sounds like the whiteboard. I mean, it gave him an opportunity to start to draw out what was in your head, what your concerns were, right? It, 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 it was exactly like that. But more importantly, it was for me to also gain some clarity from the whiteboard exercise. I was beginning to see that it wasn't as catastrophic as I thought. There was a way to fix it. Obviously, no one wants to hear that your largest customer is upset and they're, they're threatening to, to potentially leave you right. as a customer. No one wants that. But, but that whiteboard exercise, while it was important for him, to draw out the facts, it was really therapeutic for me to see that there was a very clear path to overcome this. In the moment, I didn't see it. Right, and that, that's one of the great things that I learned from uh, from him, and and I've really taken that to the next level. Uh, you know, as my career has moved on. That is excellent. And that is a, it's such a good story because again, I always say like, it's, it's how do we put it into motion? It's not mm. just, you know, we need trust or we need good listening skills. Like this is exactly how he listened. This is the tactical nature of how he listened, but also how he, I think he protected your engagement in the situation, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Cause just to say, Hey, Steve, you know, just calm down. This isn't a big deal. He could have easily just said, this isn't that big a deal. You're just, 
you're riled up right now. Just calm down. But instead he didn't, he honored you were, you know, he honored where you were at. And then he said, okay, let's work together so I can show you some clarity to where we're going. That that's exactly what he did. And, and, and as I said earlier, I mean, he did it for, for, for everyone he interacted with. And that that's the powerful piece because he created a really dynamic and engaged team that was working in lockstep with one another. So there weren't any silos. Mm. And that that was really important because as a leadership team, you're, you're able to filter down or advocate, right? Team synergy. And team doesn't mean just your department. It means the entire company. It was incredibly important. A great, great lesson because I've seen the alternative where it's not so great. Right. <laughs> You know, I think you bring up a really interesting point about the consistency of treating everyone the same way, because it could have been easy for him to go, oh, well, here I have this very dynamic, very ambitious salesperson. I'm going to, I'm going to spend time nurturing them, but you know, the rest of my team, maybe they're not worth the time. I've seen that a lot, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah where we choose to be the best boss ever for our favorites <laughs> and then yeah. save that energy, um, you know, from the rest. And I'm hearing that that was not the case. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. I mean, when, when you really kind of stop and think about this best boss ever concept, it's, it's really, it's so profoundly, uh, I, I can't even put a price tag on, on that as I evaluate, you know, as I got prepared for this, thinking about best boss ever versus alternatives. And there's just a clear difference in working for that best boss ever. I've learned from those experiences. And, you know, the big thing that I drew on this is, is the self-awareness piece and really striving to continuously learn from each experience because we're going to continually grow and, and run into new experiences and uh, it's being able to stop and reevaluate and uh, and really be self-aware of, you know, how you dealt with the situation, how it could have been dealt with differently. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So just as I'm um, thinking through, okay, so do you have any stories? It doesn't have to be related to this one, but mm-hmm. one where you worked for a leader and it was, you know, we can gossip a little bit about mm-hmm. maybe a arguably maybe a worse boss or maybe in your world, not a favorite, like yeah, a specific yeah, story sure. or something that comes to mind when I think of uh, those. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think, you know, I can definitely think of, of one and, uh, and I think it, it's, it's all the, the opposite of everything I talked about. It's disengaged. It's doing exactly as you said, not really listening to the situations. Like it's not that bad. Go figure it out. That type of approach because you don't really need help at this level. You're, you're our leader. You, you don't need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that, that type of mindset can, can really kind of diminish, I would say, team synergy, team productivity, that, that alignment within the organization. And, and for me, it, it's just such a clear difference. Really makes it challenging to really kind of get your team focused on, on driving those results when gosh, you're not really working together at the top to cultivate right. this, this spirit of overcoming challenges. So, right. so when you see the silos in motion and you can't get them, you know, you can't bring them down because the leaders aren't talking to each other. Right. 
very, very difficult, very frustrating. And I think you, you hit on a very key point. It does create disengagement. As I, as I thought about this, you know, last night getting ready for this morning, I, I was like, wow, I, I remember feeling tired and, and unproductive and drained from, from that experience because I did care. And, right. I, and I did want to do it really, really well for my team, for myself, for the organization. And, you know, I, I really kind of refer to, to that experience as, as, you know, a boss that was a diminisher, if you will, a, a diminisher of, of what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. I think, you know, as soon as you say that, I think of, you know, leaders that I worked for, especially early in my career, and I was so passionate and so committed to, you know, making that business the best business it could be. And it was just so interesting how many leaders were just like, oh, calm down. Don't work so hard. Like just, you're taking this almost a little too seriously. <laughs> yes. And there's, and there's nothing, nothing worse than that. When you really care that that's a terrible, terrible feeling as right. is when you, when you really care and, and you hear that message, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So, okay. So just to summarize, if, if you were to offer a piece of advice for anybody that's listening right now, and they are truly committed to trying to be a best boss, what would you tell them? Like give them really tactical tips on what you would tell them to do next. Yeah. First thing is reflect. So what were your experiences? So let's, you know, really reflect on who your best boss was or is versus the alternatives that we just covered and, and really draw on that. And, and I think the second one is really be self-aware of how you engage in situations because I think that's really important is being able to walk away from different situations and evaluate how you handled it. Did you do the best that you could, especially if you're getting feedback that, you know, basically draws out opportunities for improvement. Th think about those things and really, really focus on them. That self-awareness piece, you, you can't put uh, a price tag on that. And the third thing I'd say is, is solicit the feedback. I, I think it's really important that you encourage the feedback to come from team members. So same level, but also the people that report into you. That, that's really important to give them the confidence to want to speak up to you because that, that, that in itself is, is priceless. If you yeah. can create an environment where people feel comfortable to, to give you the straight, good feedback, you will be by far a much better leader for it. Right. Right. I think even given that too, I, I, I have to add in here, I really love your story about your best boss who took a very calm approach when you were upset, but also did not deflect your emotion. Like, I think there's something really emotionally intelligent about that response to an employee who's highly engaged, but is truly concerned at a very deep level and comes into the room and says, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And without, you know, again, without undermining your experience, he was able to stay rooted walk you through the experience, teach you something really important about the experience, but never disengaging you or telling you that you shouldn't think or feel the way you did. Uh, I, I totally agree. And, you know, just sitting here, you know, talking about this, you know, brings a smile to my face because I, I, I work so hard trying to, uh, to get to that place where I can be as, uh, 
as calm and, and collected as, as, as he is and, and, mm-hmm. and still is today. And it, it's, you know, again, that self-awareness journey is, is, uh, is critically important. We've got to learn from each situation, but it is unbelievable. Just, just thinking about how, how great he is at, uh, at engaging with people and helping to overcome issues and the way he does it, his disposition, just being so genuinely calm and, uh, and really wanting to, uh, to help you fix something. It's, it's fantastic. Excellent. What a great show. Thank you very much for those nuggets of wisdom. I'm, I'm smiling because I'm thinking already about where I can apply some of the things that you just talked about today. So I really enjoyed this uh, chat, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Christine. It's always a pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Hey, you too. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.